So tonight we're going to really go for it again. Ladies, we had such an incredible day yesterday, didn't we? Even the Holy Spirit um, surprised me. <laughs> I'm like, oh goodness, God, you just turned up yesterday. Um, but I'm going to really speak to you today. Um, everybody's talking about the new season in church life and, and what's God doing now. And um, so I've titled my message this morning, it's called The Sequel. What's God doing next? And um, there are some things that we've done in our lives that we should never do again. Correct or not? <laughs> and um, I remember in the 80s, because I'm really old, I'm 57. I remember in the 80s, I had a mullet perm. <laughs> are there, and you know, nobody else is going to admit that, are they? <laughs> I had a mullet perm in the 80s. Oh, by the way, just encourage you about your local Bible college. Um, I went to my local Bible college at Northside Christian Family, which is now Nexus Church in the 1980s, not knowing that God would send me out for 30 years in the UK. Um, so you don't know what God's going to do with your life when you commit yourself to train. So uh, who knows what God's going to do. But anyway, back to the mullet perm, which we've now dispensed of. So three years ago, um, my husband and I, we came back from the UK after uh, church planning in England and Europe for 29 and a half years. And we had to go into quarantine and um, stare at each other for two weeks with no opening window and no sunlight. It's a wonder there wasn't like murder on the dance floor, really. <laughs> and anyway, so we turned on the Australian TV and we were shocked. And do you know what shocked us? There was like entire football teams with mullets. <laughs> now, if you have a mullet this morning, God bless your little heart. But you know, it really, it really, we went, you're kidding me. This is back. I thought we would have learned our lesson by now. But there was, there was a slight change. It was no longer a mullet perm. It was just like a mullet or, or I've, I've heard a, another development called a skullet. And, and this only, let me just share with you, this only exists in Australia. <laughs> Nowhere else in the rest of the world. Um, there are some things we're not meant to repeat. Or there's some things that God really wants to update. And I wanna really speak to you today about the sequel, about God, what God wants to do in this season. Because there are some things God wants to do again, but He wants to do them differently. And I was just really excited in the worship this morning just to sense that, that presence of God, that, that, that infilling presence of God that I felt in my youth group at Nexus Church in the 80s and that God's coming again, but He's coming in a different way. And what I wanna share with you calling my message the sequel this morning is this. When they put on movies and they bring in a movie that's the next thing. I'm told I have never seen a Mad Max movie or I've actually got to be honest, I've never seen a Star Wars movie. I know I'm a Philistine, but I haven't. I prefer people to stay alive in the movies that I watch. But I'm told when they do the sequel, it's got the same characters and the same DNA and, and the same sort of, you sort of know what's going to happen, but it's a whole new story. And it's almost like they've taken the DNA of what happened before and you're very, very excited about what's gonna happen because you sort of know the characters, but you don't know 
what's going to happen. And I would suggest to you this morning, this is what God is up to. He's taking the DNA of what is ancient and he's making it modern. He's bringing into this season, is anyone with me this morning? This, my Apple watch is telling me I'm speaking too loud. <laughs> he's bringing, it's like when you read a book and you're reading a book and you just, it's a lazy read, isn't it? When you just flip over the next chapter because you sort of know what's going on and you can sort of just stay relaxed with it. But what I wanna suggest to you this morning is that our God in this next season, and the Word of God says, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Is anybody with me this morning? When we see what's going on in the world, my immediate reaction was, but in the last days I will pour out my Spirit, amen? But I would suggest to you this morning that God isn't just flipping a new chapter. He's opening a completely new book. And I want to raise your expectations of faith this morning in church. We didn't come this morning, did we, to decorate a seat and have lunch. We came to touch God in His house today. God wants to turn the page to a whole new book, a whole new story, a whole new resurrection. Not a lazy read, is somebody with me? I have anticipation and excitement in my spirit. I've been in the ministry for 38 years. And I have a new excitement and anticipation in my spirit that God is coming to do something outstanding and astounding. Is anybody with me this morning? Wake your neighbour up, put him in the, elbow them in the ribs and say, God wants to come and do something outstanding in your life. I'm waking you up slowly. Something raw and true and exciting and exhilarating. So I'm gonna read to you this morning the story of when Jesus saved the best wine till now. And we know the story, but I'm gonna read to you it from John chapter two. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Have you ever met a mother that has said to their son, <laughs> there's no more wine? No, I wouldn't be saying it to mine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants had drawn the water new. Then he called the bridegroom. Jesus didn't even get the credit. Then he, then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the, the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Let me prophesy that over your life today. Jesus has saved the best till now. He wants to do a new thing. Who brings out the better wine at the end of the meal? Who brings out the better wine at the end of the experience? I tell you who does, my Jesus does. 
My Jesus wants to do something awesome in your life. And so often in church, we settle. We settle for yesterday's magnificence. And we don't believe that God has something better for us. Am I, am I stoking your anticipation this morning? And what we start to do, I'm speaking to those of us that are in my genre, we start to develop sensible lives and we start to develop wearing sensible shoes and we start to become respectable and we start to develop comfy bank balances and stretchy waist pants. <laughs> Who did that during COVID? And they discovered at the end of the season of Mickey Mouse pajamas that our jeans no longer did up. But we can develop sensible lives when Jesus wants us to live on the edge of faith. He wants us to believe again. He wants us to believe that God the Holy Spirit can come and do a miracle in our lives for the God of the impossible. The miracle that only He can do. And I want to proclaim over you today the best wine, the choicest of fruits, the lion's share. Is anybody with me this morning? The biggest portion, the largest slice of cake. Jesus has saved till now. Let me tell you something funny. I have two artificial hips from running too much when I was young. I would say, don't do that, eat cake. It seems to me that the way Jesus works, his modus operandi, is that he likes to work when it seems like everything is over. He takes us to that margin point of faith, that place when we think that there is nothing left, the storyline when we think there's not another twist. But I wanna say to you today that God has another twist for your life. He has the over and above for your life, the greatest outpouring, the purest compassion, the greatest grace, the perfect healing, the perfect opportunity. It's saved till now. Does anybody believe it today? It, oh, this just keeps moving. <laughs> it's saved till now. This is not the end. This is the beginning of the greatest outpouring and abundance of provision. I wanna live my life in a zone where I believe that God's just about to do something big and better. Is anybody with me? I wanna live in the zone that I wake up every morning thinking, what's God gonna do today? Who's God gonna touch today? What miracle is He gonna do in my life and through my life today? So when the wine was gone, I'm just paraphrasing what Jesus' mother said, that no mother ever has said again, no mother ever says, son, that you need more wine. <laughs> I'm gonna paraphrase what Jesus' mother said. She said, Jesus, this has the potential to be no fun anymore. Don't you understand? And I'm speaking to some of your lives today. Don't you understand, Jen? It's, everything's gone. But I would hesitate to say today that all gone is the full stop that demands another sentence. All gone is the full stop that demands that Jesus, your Redeemer, 
now has the ability and the power to work in your life in a whole new way. Because all gone invites the currency that runs heaven. And the currency that runs heaven is faith. When it's all gone, you step into a zone where only Jesus can step in for you. And if you're living in that zone a day, welcome to the place of miracles in Jesus' name. Faith seems to have become an ethereal new age word, but faith requires action. And so what Jesus did, he, he asked the people to go and fill up their best pots. Now these weren't made for wine, they were made for water. Sometimes God comes and fills up people that are just ordinary and he fills them up with something incredibly special. They were reserved for other purposes, but he wanted them to do something that has a miracle. And so he made them go and collect these pots and bring them. And my challenge to my heart as well today, as well as to yours in this place this morning is this. When was the last time you did something that could house a miracle? When was the last time you did something that could house a miracle? That you stepped out onto water that was so deep that only Jesus could help you walk. That is the zone in which the miracle power of God works. And so we read from John 2 verse 6 to 7. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind you find used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 100 litres. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Now, I don't know about you, but I've often wished that I had a money tree at the end of the garden. Don't you wish, it, wish that our Jesus operated in abracadabra? But the issue is here is that our Jesus doesn't operate in the currency that our world operates in. He doesn't operate in a money tree or abracadabra. He operates by faith. God's doing something really incredible in this couple's life. Are you married? You're holding a hand, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, and God's just about to do a miracle for you. There's a financial area of your life that you desperately need God to fill. And he's just about to do, a, it's going to be so out of the box. You've been praying about it. You've even discussed it together. I need God. This is what you need to do. God's, I want, God wants you to know today that he's heard your prayer. And there's going to be a, a very substantial financial miracle, which means you don't have to downsize what you think you need to downsize. In Jesus' name. Amen. God operates in the currency of heaven. Cash is not the currency of heaven, faith is. Faith demands action. Lack demands action. So we're going to move to John chapter 9. Are you still awake this morning on this, this I was going to say on this cold Sunday morning. Listen, I lived in Sheffield in the north of England for 30 years. This is balmy. This is, this is like British summer today. In John chapter 9, verse 67, there's another passage of Scripture when Jesus did something that these days is completely not PC. 
He spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now, I don't know whether I'll be doing that in this century because I might end up in the local lockup. And then he said, he told them, go and wash yourself. To this man that had been blind, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back. And he came home seeing. Now let's address the elephant in the room here. The guy was blind. And Jesus said, he slapped some mud and saliva on his eyes and then said, Go to the pool of Silo and wash your eyes. Well, the elephant in the room here, folks, is the guy was blind. How did he get from where he was (laughs) to the pool of Siloam? Do you know what Siloam means? It means scent. And my encouragement for you this morning, that if you're in a blind spot where you're living on the precipice between faith and answer, You've got to push through to the pool called scent. You've got to push through from the moment when there's the slap of saliva and there's the miracle. And for some of you that are in that waiting room of faith today, I want to encourage you, push through to the miracle. Don't give up in the corridor of faith that you're in today. Hang in there because God wants to come and do an awesome miracle in your life. The Siloam, as I said, means sent. It demanded a push through to unlock the future. You've got to push through today. Every demon shouting at you that your miracle's not coming. You've got to push through today. You've got to push through to that destiny that's written all over your life. You've got to go because the new wine is in your next big step. You think you're saying to me now, well, Jenny, I didn't come to be so challenged on a Sunday morning. Sorry. Because we, the church of God, we need to grasp hold of faith again and begin to believe again for the unseen. Begin to be a people of God that get hold of faith and, and change the future by what we hold in our hearts in Jesus' name. So I said before that it was truly amazing that Jesus brought out the choicest wine out of miraculous jars of water. And I just know that God wants to pour out in his church the miraculous, the more in this coming season. Is anybody with me? I'm excited. I I literally am so excited. I remember the days in the 80s, and many of you weren't even a twinkle in your mother's eye then, but I remember the day in the 80s um, just in Everton Park and we'd have like 300, 400 young adults and we were just crying out to God and we saw the most amazing miracles. We saw so many people uh, just commissioned and sent across the world from that young adults group. And I'm believing that everything society says is wrong, that God is moving in his church again and he's saved the best wine till now. There's going to be a move of God across the church in Australia. There's going to be a move of Christ. Is anybody excited? There's going to be a move of God in your life. He's coming again because he has saved the choice wine till now in Jesus' name. We've got to press through to the sequel, the place where we choose to leave yesterday and embrace the new. I've had to do this. I lived in England and I've pastored a church for 36 years. 
My husband and I are both now itinerant, living back in Australia. And as I shared with the ladies yesterday, after three years, our house has still not been built. And so we're living in a five by three metre bed sit, one room. Dave and I, with our, with our clothes in plastic boxes. And, and the Holy Spirit saying to me, Jen, I'm making you agile. I'm making you agile with Dave Gilpin doing crazy videos the other side of the room. Like, this is insanity, church. So I'm not asking you this morning to step into anything that I'm not stepping into myself. We've got to step into our brave new season. We've got to push through to the sequel. We've got to push through to what God has for our lives, a new and exciting and choice season, the healing season. It's so easy, isn't it, to stay in what we've always known. That's why as we get older, we, we get a little bit boring because we, we, we wear the same thing we wore 30 years ago. And, and because it's comfy. And, and God wants to get us out of that comfy place. Is anybody with me? Shall I hide behind the pulpit as I say it? God wants to get us out of that comfort place and be believing for new things and powerful things again. It's really sad when we stay in a season that we've left. I am not 35. I wish I was. No, I don't actually, because then I'd have to bring up my son again. No. <laughs> say, say very no. <laughs> but it would look very sad if me at 57 was acting like I was 25. Because I've got to embrace the season I'm in. I'd love to be embracing the grandma season, but my son is married to his piano. So that's not happening in my life right now. But you've got to embrace the season that God's put you in now. There's nothing sadder than a person that is glued to a past that God has finished with. Step up and push through to the pool called scent. We can't keep living in yesterday's book because that's what history books are about, history. Do you know what constantly just delights me about God? He's always doing something new. He says His mercies are new every morning. So it means He's doing something new every day. He's working in the unseen. He's creating a whole new life for us I, I want to stir your faith this morning, church, that when you leave this place and you go into this week, you know that God has saved the choicest stuff for your life till this moment. There's this story in, don't worry, I'm almost finished. <laughs> There's this story in John chapter 5, the pool of Bethesda. And I'm just going to read it to you now. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five coloured colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame and the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. God can come after 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, 
I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else always goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. I remember a moment some years ago and I was in some setting somewhere and um, I was feeling really uncomfortable in this setting. Um, It was in a meeting somewhere in the UK. And I remember the Holy Spirit really clearly saying to me from this very story. He said, Jenny, there are some environments you're not meant to keep hanging around because they, all they do is reflect your humanity. Because um, I, I think I've shared in this, this environment before that I actually was born the baby of a gang rape, given away at birth. And, have, and had struggled all my life with a huge sense of rejection. And so there are certain places that I find myself in that really, really stir that up within me. And it was in this situation that day. And the challenge to me was, was I going to sit by the pool and look at my history? Or was I going to choose instead to pick up my mat and walk into my God-given future? Jesus told this guy not to hang around the places you have been, not to hang around the unproductive places and the places that were yesterday's blessing, but to step out into the new wine and the new future. What we love to do is we love to do the splits. We love to keep one foot on safetyville and tip one toe into the future. The trouble is when you do the splits. Now, if you've got two artificial hips and you do the splits, it's probably going to involve a hospital visit. But the trouble is if you do the splits for too long, you split your pants. And then you look really, really unattractive. Oh, I do have a very funny story to tell. I'm just deciding whether to tell it or not. (laughs) My childhood pastor was a wonderful man called Pastor John Lewis who I adored, and he's in heaven now. And he came and, <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, should I be telling this story? Uh, he came to England uh, to preach for us once, and um, he split his trousers while he was in the pulpit. <laughs> and I can never forget Val Lewis running up with his cloth behind him as he walked off the stage. <laughs> it was, we laughed for hours. But literally, they take that picture with you right now. Because that's what we do when we keep one foot in the past and one tiptoe in the future. It's time to stop doing the splits. It's time to jump, boots and all, into the next season. It might be scary, but do it scared. I remember when we left for England in 1991, I was 25 years old. I was four months pregnant and we left Australia with $100 a month support. We knew nobody at all in the UK. Do I look like I have malnutrition? Answer, no. Therefore, when you step into the next season and you make that step and you say, God, I'm not doing the splits anymore, God will come and meet you in the most profound profound way. He'll provide for you. He will fill you. He will heal you. He will give you the best wine saved to now. You've changed people. It's a compliment. Step forward into the next. 
It's time to get with the program of increase. I wonder if Curly Joe could come back up and the rest of the worship team this morning. There must be an anointing for curls in this church, I feel. There's just curls, curls, curls and curls. <laughs> it's time to get with the program of increase. It's time to embrace the changed you and the changed season. It's time to embrace the expectations of new seasons. It's time to stop cursing what you prayed for. It's time to pick up your mat and jog on. Dust yourself down and move. New wine, new promises. What is it about worship teams around the world? They come up at a very leisurely pace, don't they? I saw them all come. They weren't having a ciggy out the back. I want to prophesy over your lives this morning. New wine, new promises, new places, new venues, new jobs, new provision. Is anybody with me? We are no longer going to camp around the last chapter, but we're raising our expectations. We're going to embrace the sequel. We're pushing through to a pool called scent. We're not going to hang around history. We're going to create history. We're going to create a church within this nation that is so beautiful that it can't be resisted. We're going to create the sequel. We're going to embrace the rocky path between the slap of saliva and the sequel. We're determined to push through we're going to adjust, we're going to alter, we're going to hunger, we're going to expect. We're going to paint a new canvas. We're going to paint the multiple colours of the future. I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning. Now tonight, we're going to visit the power of God again. So do something new. Come out on a Sunday evening. You never know, God might touch you. Dare you. We get so comfy. But God wants to create something new. I wonder this morning if you want your heart challenged and you want to step in the sequel, would you just raise your hands to God right across this place? Raise your hands right now. I'm going to pray. Your pastor said to me, save the altar call till tonight. If you want your breakthrough, you need to come tonight. Get yourself out of your PJs and get back. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray miracles over people's lives today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that You would raise our expectations, Lord God. Father, we lean in this morning to the God of the impossible. Father, we lean in this morning, Lord God, to the God that makes everything new. And Father, we thank You for the promise today, Lord God, that You said You saved the best wine till now. So Father, I pray over Your people today as they have their hand raised. I pray fresh manner, fresh miracles, fresh expectation. Father, those that have had tired hearts, Father, I pray right now in the Name of Jesus, increased faith and expectation. I pray for people, Lord God, that have been doing the splits between the history and the future. Give them the courage today, Lord God, to take the step into the unknown. Because You meet us in that place, Lord God. 
That's where you meet us. I want to pray over this couple right here. Can somebody just tap them? Yeah, you too. Can I just can I just pray over you right now? Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a hunger within both your spirits. And it's it's like it's a very, very profound hunger. And there's been a cry in your spirits for your family. And there's been a it's, it's like a cry. It's like a deep groaning that can't be uttered. I can see you, ma'am, in the, in, the, in the secret place, crying out to God, saying, God, would you please do something? And it's almost like God wants to say again, push through, push through, push through. God's got the miracle that you've been requiring and asking God for. He's almost been, you, you've almost said to God, God, have you been testing us? No, 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 His timing's perfect. He's got a perfect timing and a perfect outworking for your lives in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. Just lift your hands one more time, church. Tonight, we're gonna believe for the power of God to come. The ladies yesterday, oh my goodness, it, it, was, it was amazing what God came and did. But Father, I pray, I thank You for this church. I thank You that You've called this church to be a leader and not a follower. Father, it's almost like that which has been unseen will be seen. The, the best kept secret emerged church. Father, you're bringing it out. You're bringing it out into the open. You're bringing it out into that place where it's gonna be a leader in faith. And so Father, I pray for every person in this house that calls this house home today. I pray a new expectation, a new excitement about the things of God, a new belief that the God of the impossible can do the impossible and that You are the God that does above and beyond what we could even ask or even imagine. Father, I pray that You would go even beyond our imaginations, Lord God, and You would go into a place of, of, of abundance and miracles that blows our thinking, Lord God. Would You take the stone water jars of what we have in our hand and God, would You pour the new wine of the sequel into our lives in Jesus' Name. Would You come and pour the new wine? Would You pour the new season, oh God, into us in Jesus' Name. Father, would You shake off the history? Would, would, you, would you cut it off our lives, Lord God, in Jesus' Name? And we invite You to come. Oh God, would You come? Oh God, would You pour out Your Spirit upon all flesh, Lord God, that Your sons and daughters would prophesy, Lord God. That in the last days, Lord God, men and women, full of fire and full of the Holy Ghost. And if you believe it, give Him a hand of incredible praise this morning. In the mighty Name of Jesus, Amen. Amen.